Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Cordell. You're listening to Steeler Nation. Hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to your Steeler Nation podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G Stryker, and I am perched in the Baltimore area, so when things aren't going well at the Ravens' roost, I sit up and take notice. We had a beautifully written article by our very own Leanne Lohman over at SteelerNation.com who called out the Ravens' players and former players for what now appears to be a murder of crows. Now, no, I don't mean you, Ray Ray. Just the players going after the front office and specifically GM Eric DaCosta when he was on the Volt podcast uh, and he was asked about the Ravens' trouble finding a wide receiver in the draft, this is what he said, or at least finding a top-tier wide receiver in the draft. Eric said, if I had an answer, that would probably mean I would have some better receivers. We're going to keep swinging. There have been some guys that have been successful players for us that were draft picks. We've never really hit on that all-pro type guy, which is disappointing but it's not for lack of effort. It's one of those anomalies that I really can't explain other than to say that we're not going to stop trying. We're going to keep swinging. And hopefully at one of these points, we're going to hit the ball out of the park. So I can see as a player and as a wide receiver, you could take offense to a lot of things said there specifically currently rostered first round wide receiver from the 2021 draft wide receiver Rashad uh, Bateman squawked back on Twitter. How about you play to your player's strength and stop pointing the finger at us and number eight, who's Lamar Jackson, of course. Blame the one you let do this. We take the heat 24-7 and keep us healthy. Care about us and see what happened. Ain't no promises, though. Tired of y'all lying and capping on players for no reason. So after that was tweeted out, Mike Davis, former Ravens running back, flew in for support of his winged wide receiver to state, I hate to say it or be that guy, but being there, bait is 100% right. So right now we've got some discourse in the locker room centered around the GM staff, and it's already have some issues there being split with Lamar Jackson's situation as well. but. Bateman brought up health, and it seems that there are no suitable landing spots in the trainer training room or weight room for Ravens players. And a study released by the NFLPA with players rating their own facilities, the Ravens strength coaches were ranked dead last by a mile and promptly fired their strength coach, Steve Saunders. They were tied for 22nd in both weight room and training staff grades and 21st in the weight room. All of the Corvids pointed to their beaky blame right at the strength and conditioning room and training room for ending or shortening their careers. Former Ravens defensive tackle Carl Davis Jr. tweeted, I was definitely a victim of the strength coaches 
two labrums and multiple pec strains. Uh, Quincy Edaboyajo, <laughs> the wide receiver that is hard to say, drafted by the Ravens in 2017, agreed, retweeting Davis's tweet and stating, definitely ruined my career. Three years season-ending injuries in a row after being healthy my entire career prior. Rookie year training camp, I suffered the same knee injury Lamar had this year. I was forced to practice three days later because I was a bubble guy. They cared less about treating me, so let's just say it's never good when the training room and strength coaches aren't on the same page. They didn't like each other, and it showed. Huge disconnect between the two, which led to multiple injuries for a lot of guys. And that's something that we've seen as Steeler fans. It seems like the last two years, the Ravens have just been getting decimated by injuries. And it's been really, really tough for the fan base as well when they have a stacked roster to not be able to compete for a Super Bowl. But this doesn't even touch on the fact that the locker room is now split as a fan base with Lamar Jackson's pending free agency and wanting to be paid like Deshaun Watson numbers with over $250 million guaranteed. So this situation will not end well, especially if they try to tag and release their top songbird. I expect that bird to sing and sing loudly enough to finally force their KG head coach, John Harbaugh, into a flew the coop or coup situation to finally get him out of Baltimore. That would be something really interesting. Uh, but flying from the uh, Ravens to our friends over at the Believe Network, they shared some inside info on Chris Johnson's Smash and Dash podcast with Lindell White that finally answered the question as to why the Steelers drafted Mendenhall over Johnson in 2008. So it turns out that Johnson was on the Steelers' radar, and they really liked him during the evaluation process. Uh, but the Steelers asked Johnson to take an MRI with their doctors. But since he did MRIs at the Combine and he's claustrophobic, he declined. Mike Tomlin called him into his office to discuss it, said, but Johnson said he just could not get back into the MRI machine again since he was claustrophobic. I guess Mike Tomlin didn't like his tone or didn't like his answer because he stood up, shook his hand and said, I'm sorry, but we can't do business. And there went the Steelers' chances for drafting 2,000-yard rusher Chris Johnson. Instead, they took Rashard Mendenhall. Who knows if Johnson would have been in a better situation in that Super Bowl. Maybe we would have won it with Johnson instead of Mendenhall, but we will never know now because he did not want to take an MRI for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Guys, it's now time for questions from Steeler Nation. All of the, the questions coming from our football forum over at SteelerNation.com. So come on over. It's free to join. Be like our guy, Chow Chow Dad, who was a longtime contributor on our vidcast. Joined is now answering, asking questions from our football forum. The first question from Chow Chow Dad. This time of year is a dead spot since I don't watch a lot of college ball. What is the best way to get up to speed on all of these people being talked about whom I know nothing about? How do you do your research heading into the draft? That is an excellent question, Chow Chow. And honestly, the best resource that I have found for getting ready for the draft is right at SteelerNation.com. Both in the articles, our great articles written by Matt Papiernik and Brent McCallion, as well as our other draft nicks uh, right here. But the football discussion here, we've got some guys that write their own draft books. We've got uh, Ford, who's over there, put up his own big board already over on the Steeler Nation 
uh, football forum. So these spots, you can start to see where guys are slotted and we slot and talk draft and slant it heavily toward players that the Steelers like players that fit the mold of that three, four alignment and how they like to pick up diverse and, uh, in, in hybrid offensive linemen as well. that can play multiple positions. So we kind of slant our drafts toward that tons of mocks all over there as well. So, and we'll get some big guys over like Delchik was a huge guy. TMC used to write up some great, like 300 page reports for us. Um, it's just passion over there and we will get into discussions and the discussions is great. So you're in the right spot. Chow, chow, start reading the, uh, the football forum, seeing the threads, jump in, give your opinions as well. It's a fun place to go and learn what a lot of other people more than I do as well, because I don't watch a whole lot of college ball as well, but I do run a draft show and I get ready for the draft show on SteelerNation.com. Best source for you. Uh, next question from Cooley Man. Does Action Jackson play for the Ravens next season? You're, of course, talking about your former Houston Cougar, William Jackson III. Um, and if he plays for the Ravens, that is all four teams in the AFC North that he would have played for. But I think he wants to come back to the Steelers. Steelers just have to find a way to make the contract work. I don't think they can pay him more than 10 mil that he got last year. I think even paying him that much is tough and a luxury in that position. But I've seen crazier things. We will see if Omar Khan and company can get it done. Matt Insomniac for the next question. Who is the worst investment? The price and assets and cap for the Browns, which they paid for Rub and Tug Watson. Action Jackson wanting $200 million guaranteed plus another $75 to $100 million in non-guaranteed money on a long-term contract. Or the Bengals doling out $65 million per year to Joe Exotic next offseason. By far. By far in this, this scenario, Brown screwed up. They screwed up the worst. They locked in the largest guaranteed contract in NFL history. Fully guaranteed $250 million contract, which they are paying and it is tolling this season. And it's going to be an albatross around the neck of this football team for the cap moving forward. Uh, Bengals and Ravens, they each at least have a younger player without as much guaranteed money and no draft picks given up to get these guys. Plus, they're going to be playing a lot longer in the league. So you have a younger guy you can develop. That might happen. Heck, Joe Burrow might get a new contract this year. Well, he's a first rounder, so... Yeah, with the fifth-year option, they'll probably wait till year four before trying to make a decision. And he will get fifth-year option this year uh, since he's going to be ending year four this year. Um, next question from Blitz. Striker, 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 striker. Providing Sutton is re-signed, if you had one top free agent signing, who would it be? Easy. Said it on a couple shows, but it's getting clearer and clearer now as we're approaching free agency. My number one guy is an inside linebacker. I, I go either Edmonds or Wagner right now since Wagner's available since the Rams dumped him. Um, either of those guys turn this defense into an elite defense, turning our worst position into a strength at inside linebacker. Doesn't matter who's playing next to them. Uh, Edmonds is cheaper and younger. And I immediately makes Jack expendable because that's essentially the same contract. We'd be saving 10 mil by getting rid of Jack. We can spend that 10 mil on Edmonds. I would be happy to take Edmonds from the Buffalo Bills instead of his brother to play for us next year. But Wagner, I mean, he can do everything, but he's on the wrong side of 30. Sure, he's going to be a good guy. 
He's been durable his entire career and an all pro his entire career, it seems like. But if I got to do it now and build for the future, I'm building with a guy I can sign a multi-year contract with in Edmonds. Don't even worry about it. Uh, Case Stilly, some media reports that the Steelers believe that the offensive line improved enough during the second half of the season and may not be a real concern other than depth during free agency in the draft. Do you believe Tomlin, the coaches in the front office are heading in this direction? Um, I, I think definitely just by watching the games, Case Stilly, is that the line did improve. And it was a strength by the time we hit the end of the season. That second game against the Ravens, when we needed our line to beat their line, we did it. And their line beat us three weeks before on both sides. We beat them on both sides at their place three weeks later. Same thing in Cleveland. Line did improve, but this is the last year of the contracts for both of our guards and our starting center. So we do have to add, no matter what, we have to add linemen in the draft. One interior lineman, definitely. Hopefully a center-capable guy that we can groom behind Cole this year. That would be ideal to get a, a super athletic center that we can groom behind Cole. Maybe we might get lucky and grab one of those offensive tackles, those stud offensive tackles in the first round if they drop, because we're going to be sitting there, and there's a lot of good ones this year. So not a lot. Everybody needs an offensive tackle. Left tackle, we do. Uh, slash steal. Do you think Rooney and Tomlin and Omar will follow the board set up by Andy, Whitehall, of course, or will they veer off the beaten pathway when making the picks? I think they're going to do exactly what they normally do, Slash. They're going to follow the board as it's made, and it's made by Andy Wydell. It's his board. He's slotting everybody, but it's up to the coaches then and the and Rooney and Omar to discuss at that slot for position of need who is going to be the best player they can take. That's how they do it every year. It's worked out really well. We're one of the best drafting teams in the league. Respect the process. It works. Uh, Drink Iron City in for the last questions of the night, my friend. Howdy, striker, and as usual, I'll listen to this while making supper one night. Number one, would you set the record straight as to Action Jackson? I know much is being made as to whether his mom is his agent, how much is asking prices, how far, far, how far apart are the Ravens and his wants? So just to clear everything up, I know he states and lists his mom as his agent, but he is his own agent. His mom is just there to get money and to keep money in the family, to split it off of his salary so they're taxed at a reduced rate. She, He is his own agent. I, I mean, it's a smart decision, no matter what, to be your own negotiator as a rookie and you're drafted because your draft slot indicates exactly what you're getting paid and where you're, you know, there's no negotiation. You're slotted 21st in the first round. You're getting paid the 21st slot of the first round. It's a four-year contract with a fifth-year option. And that fifth-year option is going to be based on how the performance is for your position. That's why he got paid a little bit better than everybody else for a quarterback. Uh, 21 mil, I, I believe, was his fifth-year option last year. He played under 18 was the standard, but he made a, a Pro Bowl, and he was um, MVP for a season, so he got paid more. Um, now, the thing is, he screwed up, though, last year by playing under that rookie fifth-year option, flat out. He had the highest amount of leverage last year to get a new contract. Instead, he chose to pay for that fifth-year option, which means now he doesn't have a contract there, and they have the threat and ability to franchise tag him. So 
that's going to be a tough situation. Uh, Ravens don't guarantee contracts either. So that $250 million guaranteed contract that Deshaun Watson got, there's no way he's going to get it. Might be 150 to 200. They might be able to get to. That's probably where they're going to negotiate now. But on a five six million dollar a year or six on five year six year contract, so that might be a 300 million dollar contract over six years. Looking at between 150 to 200 mil guaranteed, in my opinion. But I think with his injury history now, Ravens probably are smart not to guarantee that money. That's why they don't want to guarantee that money. It's going to create a real poop show coming up here during free agency. What happening with the tag? I know the last tags can be dropped here. I think it's in three days. So you got three days to, to put the tag on somebody. If Jackson doesn't get a tag, this is going to get crazy. Either the Ravens are going to negotiate into a good contract or they're going to lose him without getting any draft compensation. Because if they tag him, they can tag and trade and get some draft compensation. But with the uh, tag looming toward the end of the deadline and him not being tagged yet, Jackson might be a free agent. And that would be absolutely crazy. Uh, question number two from Drew Sanders. Um, oh, question number two from Drink Iron City still. Drew Sanders uh, has been projected as a late second, early third round pick at inside linebacker. Um, what are the odds the Steelers would actually pick him as his pipe dream for me to be, keep pimping him? Um Crazy enough, one of the things that I found in my research here, DIC, is that Sanders' favorite player is TJ Watt. So it would be like really cool to see Sanders playing with his role model and his idol. Um, the inside linebacker position is definitely a position of need on this team with only Robinson and Jackson, uh, Jack returning, uh, rostered from last year. So the Steelers have met with him. So there's a good shot of him becoming a Steeler. He's got a chance. So don't think it's a pipe dream yet. There's a definite chance of the Steelers landing off ball linebacker, Drew Sanders. Um, number three question from Drink Iron City. Mr. Wydell should make an impact in this upcoming draft. How many years of employed do you see him sticking around? He is an experienced draft analyst. Oh, that's why he's an experienced draft analyst. He worked with the Eagles from 2016 on. They made it to two Super Bowls, 1-1. One, one. Um, he rebuilt their defensive lines, both on the offensive and defensive side, and also rebuilt their entire defense while still adding really savvy skill players throughout the draft, not necessarily even with, with first-round picks. Like, Jalen Hurts is a second-rounder. Their running back was a fourth-rounder. I mean, uh, so, like, it's they've been doing it throughout the entire draft. So, you know, this is a guy, if he rebuilds the Steelers into being a Super Bowl contender here, I think he's gone after two to three years. Uh, so that would be about the number that I'd say before he becomes a GM for another team full time. So hopefully he can help us out while he's here, help build a nice foundation to hopefully getting us to the next step and back to stairway to seven. Uh, final question here. Number four from Drink Iron City. As of today, who do you think our number one draft pick will be? Um, after doing a lot of these shows, starting to do a lot more in-depth look out of, out of positions of need and talent, right now I'm really starting to love Brian Branch. Safety from Alabama. He's my absolute favorite guy right now. Love his athleticism. I love his production. He's a big school player. He's got the ability to play multiple positions. 
nickel corner, strong safety, inside linebacker. Steelers need all three of those positions. If they can bring in a guy like that to help them at any of those positions at any time and move him around, as well as moving Fitzy, as well as moving around some of these other players, Sutton as well as a good moving moving piece, if we can bring him back, that really creates some real problems for offenses trying to game plan against this diverse Steelers defense and how they can utilize their chess pieces in ways that other teams cannot. But I see Brian Branch is really being a big player. And like I said in the previous podcast last week, Steelers do not have a starter at strong safety on the roster. It's an open spot. It would be, we did the same thing last year going into the draft, went through the draft, didn't draft a safety. This year, Steelers might be grabbing that safety in the first round. And Brian Branch just might be that guy. Um, Last comment here from Drink Iron City. Here on the old homestead, we have dealt with some pretty brutal winter. It looks like it will be either the second or most or break a record for the most snowfall winter on record. I still have my heated water operating out in the field for wildlife to enjoy, and it seems they've taken full advantage of it this year. That's awesome, man. Um, We might have only had three inches of total snow in the Baltimore area this year. Uh, and none of it stuck overnight. None of it was decent. Uh, and none of it was even needed cleared from the roadways or needed plowed. So, uh, conflicting <laughs> parts of the nation here with our snowfall, but thank you all the time for your questions. You follow up. Thanks again, striker. These podcasts are absolutely great. I appreciate the work involved. Salute the nation. Salute to you too, drink iron city and salute to all you Steeler nation. Be sure to check out our sponsors at tseshop.com. Follow them on Twitter. At, to- at Total Sports ENT. They're giving away free stuff all the time. Signed jerseys, signed helmets, signed pictures, everything. They've always doing it. Total Sports Enterprise has got to follow. Uh, the vidcast will be live Tuesday at 7 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Nation, to be the first to see these things clicking across both of the podcast and the vidcast and come in and ask your live questions on the Tuesday vidcasts. Read our great Pittsburgh Steeler focused articles at SteelerNation.com. Tweet us at SteelerNation. Instagram us at SteelerNation.com and Facebook at SteelerNation.com. Follow us on the podcast at underscore SN podcast and follow your host Steeler Nation striker on the Twitter, on the tickety talks, on the Instagrams at SN striker. Striker spelled with a Y. Why? Because this stuff is awesome. I love doing it. That is all the time we have on the Steeler Nation podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G Striker, rooting along with you as always. Go Steelers!